Welcome back to season two of the Ivy League Prep Academy podcast, equipping you to successfully pursue the college of your dreams. We believe everyone deserves to reach their full potential and the admissions process shouldn't hold you back. In my previous episode, I talked about why taking too many AP classes can actually hurt your chances rather than help your chances of getting into a highly selective college. And today we're going to talk about how to take less AP classes and how you should think about your class schedule. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, you'll probably want to pause the episode here today and listen to last week's first so that you understand kind of the why. Why is there such an opportunity cost associated with taking too many APs or IB or A-level classes? I talk about this all in that last episode. You need to understand that there is an opportunity cost to every decision that you make. And when you choose to take extra AP classes or extra highly rigorous classes, you're also choosing not to do some other things. And those other things happen to be more valuable once you've taken enough AP classes, right? Like taking enough AP classes is important because that tells the admissions officers that you can handle the rigor of their college classes. These highly selective colleges, for the most part, have very rigorous classes and they wanna make sure that you're going to do well, that you're going to be successful in college. So it's important to take some rigorous classes, but how many? How do you choose? How do you know when you've done enough And how do you know when there's no reason to take on extra AP classes or IB or A-level or whatever, and you can just do your own thing? There are many, many, many ways to approach this. And I need to say, first of all, I am going to have to simplify this message. I'm going to have to simplify it because I cannot look into every single individual situation and do a podcast that describes every situation and how you should consider each of the choices that you make. But I can give you some general ideas that I hope will help you make the right choice for you. And to begin, I want to share a story that I've actually shared once before. It's about when I was in college and I had a lot of friends that were from, you know, massive cities in Asia, cities like Beijing and Shanghai or Seoul, Korea. And so I had a group of friends and I went out with them to go camping once. I grew up in Montana, for those of you who don't know, and Montana has more cows than people. I spent a lot of time camping, a lot of time making fires, and it's second nature for me. It's really easy to know how to start a fire. But these people who came out with me and and we decided to go camping together, they had never started a fire on their own. And so they looked up online how to do it and they saw all the different details. They brought everything that they needed so they could start the fire. And I was off playing, I don't know, with a football or a Frisbee or kicking a soccer ball or something somewhere off in the distance while a group of two or three people put together the fire. And after they had gone through the entire book of matches, there were only three matches left when I got back. So someone decided that they should stop doing what they'd been doing because literally in three matches, there would be no ability to start fire anymore. And someone went and got me. They knew that I had, you know, grown up in America and the chances were good that I could start fires. Or maybe some of them knew that I'd been in Montana. I don't know. But they came to get me. And when I came back, it was really clear why they couldn't start the fire. They had all the pieces that they needed. They had the little kindling. They had the smaller pieces, like ripped up pieces of newspaper. They even had fire starter, like those really thin vines and and grasses and things that you can easily start on fire. 
But what happened is they put the fire starter down and then they put the shredded newspaper right on top of that. And then they put the small twigs on top of that and the bigger twigs on top of that. And then the good sized sticks on top of that. And then the logs on top of that. And there was no space between all of these things. So I came back. There's literally only three matches left. Some people are really scared that they're not going to get dinner, <laughs> that we're going to have to abandon our weekend plans. And I chuckled and, of course, took the big logs completely off, took the big sticks completely off and began to remove all of these pieces so that we could create space in between the combustibles. And once we had enough space in between the combustibles, then I made sure that, you know, we put the fire starter in a way that it would light the, the shredded newspaper in a way that that would light the smaller twigs and the bigger twigs and and so on. And of course, one match is all you need if everything is set up correctly and there's plenty of space for oxygen in between the combustibles. And that's all it took. We did one match, we started the fire, everyone cheered, and I was a hero. It was actually quite funny, but the message is really applicable to this idea of APs. How do teenagers decide how many AP classes to take? Too often, it's exactly like my friends from these massive cities of more than 10 million people who had never been camping, and then they're told to go figure out how to, do, how to start their own campfire. Well, in my opinion, the campfire represents your internal flame, your passion, your values, the things that really bring you to life. And when we fill our day with so many activities that we have no space between the activities, it's just like putting all the logs together in a way that there's no oxygen between the combustibles. We need to have space between those things so that the fire can burn, that we can ignite and then burn. And what most often happens in my experience, having taught all of these subjects, I've taught AP, I've taught IB, I've taught regular classes, I've taught A-level classes, even the British curriculum. After seeing so many students go through this, here's what I've observed. What students generally do, if they're ambitious and they want to get into a selective college, they're going to ask the question, how many AP classes can I handle? And that's what they do. So if you think I can handle three AP classes next year, then that's what you take. If you think you can handle four, you do four. Or five, five. Six, six. And the reality is you don't really think, how many can I handle? You're actually thinking, if I were always healthy and motivated and felt truly inspired to stay focused on my classes and never had any conflicts, how many in this perfect scenario, how many classes could I handle? And really, that's how we're making our choices. And then what do we do? We share this excitement with our peers. And you hear about Sally down in the other homeroom who actually took six APs. And eventually you start feeling like, man, I'm only taking four. Everyone else is taking more. And so you kind of get into this vortex of energy that says you need to think about how much you could possibly handle. And then that's how many classes you take. Then it gets even worse because there are other classes that are not AP, not required classes. And some of them take a ton of time. And so maybe you're in dance. Or for some people, that might be like the journalism class, if you're on the yearbook team. Or it might be some kind of design class or, or whatever. But there are all kinds of classes that are not required, that are not historically considered extremely rigorous, but they're extremely time-consuming. 
And sometimes you have people who say, well, I know I'm supposed to do the things that I'm passionate about because I want to show passion. And I know I need to show rigor. So I'm going to take this really time-consuming class that I'm actually interested in. And I'm going to take as many AP classes as I can. Here's how I think you should approach it. Figure out what you think you could handle, what you think is reasonable for you, and then at the very least, you want to subtract one AP from that number. All right? And I recommend you subtract the scariest one. Which one of those is just well known at the school for being, you know, a real time suck or being really scary, really requiring a lot of effort? That's the one I would say you should drop. Of course, if you love that subject and you're up for it, go for it, right? But take the one that's scariest to you and drop that one. So if you think you can handle four, the most you should consider is actually three. Then you need to look at your other classes that are not AP classes, that are not required classes, and see if there's another time suck in there. And as much as possible, you should eliminate one of those time sucks and replace it with an easy A or a study hall. That's a really good idea. Extra study time during the school day is a great idea. And here's the mindset that I think you should have. Instead of, what could I possibly handle if I stay healthy and motivated the entire year? Right? How many AP classes could I handle in a perfect scenario? Instead of thinking along those lines, I want you to change your approach. Change your approach so you say, what's the appropriate amount of classes for me so that I can finish all of my schoolwork by dinner time every weekday and at a half day, either Saturday or Sunday. So a half day on the weekend plus up until dinner time weekdays. And what is going to happen to you? Instead of kind of pushing that homework off until nighttime when you have no more choices, and then that homework goes later and later and later, and now you're sleep deprived, you wake up the next day feeling groggy, your learning centers are muted. We've talked about sleep a couple of times before on this podcast, but the Sleep Science Center out at UCLA and Stanford, the just phenomenal research that they've done there, we know for sure that when you're sleep deprived, you are functioning as if you are intoxicated right? And so your learning centers are muted. It's impossible to transfer information from short-term memory to long-term memory. So it takes you longer to learn and you're not remembering it and you're not drawing the connections that you need to make when you're sleep deprived. So if you're studying really, really late at night so that you get less sleep and then you wake up early in the morning and then you kind of drag your body to each class throughout the school day, but you're barely awake or, or not even awake. Sometimes you literally fall asleep during class. Guess what? You're not going to do very well, and you're not going to be happy. And you certainly don't have space between the combustibles for the passion and the fire that is your soul. Like the batteries, your internal batteries need to be recharged regularly, and you need to get enough sleep. And so too many AP classes is really going to hurt you there. I talked about in the previous podcast the opportunity cost of taking so many AP or higher level classes, IB or A level, whatever it is, taking so many of these more rigorous classes because you don't have time to be curious, you don't have time to make yourself fascinating, and you don't have time to find your core values, which means that you're going to have a very difficult time communicating to your admissions officers how you are going to fit into that rich, diverse class of students that they're trying to put together. And if you can't tell them clearly, Please do not expect them to connect the dots on your application and figure out for you what your core values are and how you might fit into their class. That's a losing strategy. 
But we lose in more ways than just that. When your activities are so compressed because you've taken too many AP classes, because you think that admissions officers are only looking for the hardest working or the smartest or the most qualified based on AP classes, so you think more is better, then you are not allowing space in between these combustibles for you to recharge your batteries. You're not allowing the fire to burn. You can't even get it ignited. And if you can, then it quickly puts itself out. And you've seen what happens when that fire goes out, right? You disengage from class. Everything is a drudgery. And now all you can do is just wish that you could spend five more minutes on TikTok or on Instagram because life is so miserable. There's nothing enjoyable about class after class after class, too much hard work, so much pressure to do well in everything. And so you give up on sleep, you give up on friends and fun, and all you want to do is escape into social media or video games or whatever else. That is not a way to live your life. And that's not a good way to get into a great college. Instead, be smarter about this. Don't take on the number of AP classes that you think you can handle. Don't forget that your version of future me is this super version of yourself, right? The, the, the you if you were a superhero. Future you, it struggles with the exact same things that present day you struggles with, right? So you're not going to be more motivated. You're not going to be sick less often. You're not going to have any of those advantages that in your mind you think you're going to have as you forecast into the future how you're going to perform. Decide with a realistic outlook what you can handle and then subtract at least one AP from that. Then look at your other classes and see if you can replace a time suck with an easy A or with study hall. And by doing that, now you put yourself in a position to finish up your schoolwork by dinner time every single weekday, plus a half day on the weekends. And that extra time that you spend from dinner time until bedtime and one and a half days on the weekends should be spent, this is, this is time that should be spent pursuing your interests, pursuing the things that, that recharge your batteries, becoming really, truly fascinating. Finding your core values, finding a way to make your community a better place. All of those things can only happen if you take a reasonable academic workload. Don't buy into the myth that the hardest working or the smartest gets in. It's simply not true. Listen to the admissions officers who have said it as clearly as possible. They're looking for a rich, diverse class of students. More APs. Some APs are critical. But more APs are not any better than some. You need to show some rigor. And like we said in the previous podcast, please go back and listen to that. It is important that you perform well in school and listen to kind of the beginning where we talk about you need to be basically in the top 10% of your high school class. You need to have some elements of rigor to show that you meet those needs. But once you've met them, focus on the other elements. Focus on being the best version of you. And that can only happen if you have space between those activities for you to pursue your interests, your curiosities, for you to become fascinating, for you to find your core values, and then go make your world a better place because of you, because of your core values, because you exist. That is a winning strategy, both because you're motivated, you get enough sleep, so you're not sleep deprived, you can study effectively, but then you can also go pursue the things that make you the best of who you might be, right? You can be curious, you can explore, you can do amazing things and you can impact your community for the better. That is a winning strategy.
Music for this episode came from We Are Here by Declare P. I'm Steve Gardner. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share with a friend. Thanks for listening.